<laughs> Good afternoon from the Bentry Saloon. Great to be with you all again. I know it's been a little bit. We were on vacation uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. Went to see the grandbaby. It was awesome. Lanny Grace is just the cutest little thing you ever did see in your life. And Man, we're fortunate just to be able to see her for a few days. It was awesome. And can't wait to get back and see her again. I know it's been, gosh, probably four or five weeks since we've had a chance to chat again. But today I'll give you some stories and hopefully you'll like them and have a good time doing it. So today's episode is sponsored by the Bent Tree Ranch. The Bent Tree Ranch, where the land is the brand. Our fifth episode is titled Firsts. And it's about things that happen in your life for the first time. We've all had many of those first time experiences, right? Where um, you just have them. And my life has been filled with some of the stupidest ones that you'd ever dream of. So we're going to start today with um, a story about hunting and fishing, right? So if, you, if you've ever hunted and fished as, as much as I have and we have and how much we've done it in our lives and how important it was, well, that first time that you shoot something is a big deal, right? And like, I don't remember my first fish because I think I was probably too little. I've been hitting the head too many times since then to remember which first fish I ever caught but I do remember my first mallard duck that I shot and uh, so we had these friends and they had some acreage out about five miles out of town and and behind their their place they had a great big old swamp and we like so if you're from Minnesota you call it a slough or a bog one of the two and <clears throat> nobody knows how deep this damn thing was uh it was just uh so it was like a swamp or a lake that had eventually growed all in and if you put on waders you could walk around on top of this thing and uh, but nobody knew how deep it was and and if you're stupid enough to slip through uh you know the 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 bog you never know if you come back up or how far down you're going to go and um but it was a great place to shoot ducks, I'll tell you that. And so when you're the youngest one in the bunch and you're on your first duck hunt, they would tell you, well, we're going to, you know, you don't get to wear the boots or anything like that. We're just going to stick you in a canoe and drag your butt out in the middle of this thing. And they gave me a, they didn't really give they gave me a 410 single shot. And they said, well, if you see a duck and shoot it, kind of laughing, right? And uh, so they pulled me out into the middle of this thing in this canoe, and I'm sitting there, and and the rest of the guys are out walking around in their waders. And uh, <laughs> sure, should I see this great big mallard drake come flying right over my head? I just point the barrel at the sky and shoot him, and he falls down dead right by the canoe. Not close enough for me to grab him from the canoe, but I'd have to walk out and get him. Well, I had, you know, listened to my old man said you know don't get out of this thing because if you slip 
through the bog, you're going to end up like however <laughs> deep in the muck you're going to get. And uh, so I waited, it seemed like four or five days. <laughs> I had to wait for the guys to come back. I know it was only like 45 minutes. Uh, but I had my first duck sitting right there, and I was so excited. I just wanted to grab it and touch it and hold it up and for everybody to see. And uh, <laughs> I'll be damned if when they come on back, they were like, well, did we hear you shoot? And I said, yeah, I shot. I killed this duck, and it's sitting right there. And they're like, there ain't no way in hell you killed that duck with that gun. I was like, whoa, you guys <laughs> didn't shoot it. <laughs> Like, I'm the only one here, and I'm the only one with this gun. I shot that duck, and they're like, there ain't no way now that you shot that duck with that 410. I'm like, it's happened a million times. And so at the end of the day, we still kind of debate about who killed that duck. There ain't no question in the world who shot that duck. I killed it, my first. So that's the first of the first is I shot that damn duck. And I got pictures still to this day to prove it. So we'll kind of move on to closer to home. And I've told you all about Mikey a few times. Mikey was just the biggest dipshit that I ever lived. But Mikey and I, we had a really good friendship. And uh, there was this creek. I'll call it a creek. You guys can call it a creek. You can call it whatever you want. I'm going to call it a creek. And it ran probably about a football field down from the top of a hill down into the, the to the lake that we lived on. And it was about a quarter mile south of the house. And Mikey and I, you know, we messed around over around there a few times, but I never really went down and explored it or anything. And and uh, so we're over there one day and it looked like there was somebody sleeping down in the bottom of the creek <clears throat> now this thing was nasty it wasn't a real pretty place to go it stunk um it was like a ravine there was a pipe actually like a like not a sewer pipe but like a storm sewer pipe that came out of the side of the hill and that was actually what made this ravine that we called the creek and so Mikey and I were over there messing around one day and hang on just a second, I got to talk to Doc. Hey Doc. That's my buddy Doc Teeter there. Anyway, so Mikey and I decided we're gonna go mess around at, at the creek. And <laughs> there's a guy that is in the bottom of the creek and uh, we thought he was dead. <laughs> we actually thought he was dead. We like he, he was just laying down there in the bottom of the creek. So uh, we thought he was dead. And we ran out of there and and we were yelling, screaming, and we told everybody in the world that there was a dead man in this creek. And and turned out that it was just a bum that was living down there for a little bit. But when Mike and I busted him and rousted him out of there, he was gone. And, uh, but so it was the first, another first for me was, it was the first dead man that, that I ever found or dead person. And it turns out he wasn't even dead. He was just a, a bum living down in the creek. And, 
and uh, Mike and I roused him out of there and he was gone. But to this day, and that's this is a long time ago now, but to this day, I think they still call it the Dead Man's Creek. I think everybody remembers uh, their first job. I'm not sure that if you had a job, you didn't remember your first one, right? So, so when you're like 13 and you get a chance to have a good job, well, you take it. So there was a bunch of us that would hang around up in town at the, at the, at the, um, at the store and there was a guy that would come around once in a while and he drove a nice car and smoked cigars and he would ask us if we wanted a job and so one day we're like well what is the job and he said well i work for the saint paul pioneer press and and i'd hire you guys to deliver papers okay well so you're at the drugstore in town and and this guy comes around and he says he wants to hire you to deliver papers. So, you know, you think about it. And I went home and I asked my parents about like, well, can I get this job? And they were like, yeah, it'd be great because you can earn a bunch of money. Then we don't have to pay you, you know, to mow the grass or whatever, <laughs> which was a complete joke. And um, so this guy hires me and a couple of my buddies and they gave us routes and you had a paper route. So mine was about a three and a half mile route. And you went around on your bike or walking or in the wintertime on, on your snowmobile and you delivered papers. So for my three and a half mile route, now remember this is rural, we're not in the city. So for three and a half miles, I had about 26 papers on a daily basis to deliver. And, uh, so you're kind of an independent contractor with this paper company, right? So they would they would drop the papers off at the drugstore in town and you'd come and get them in the afternoon. It's kind of weird. So back in the day, the paper company, the, the newspaper company, they would have a morning paper and an evening paper. Like, I don't know if anybody does that anymore. In fact, newspapers in 2019, I, I think, are obsolete, right? But back in 1975, uh, they weren't, or 76, whatever. They, pay, newspapers were big business. Like, everybody had to have a newspaper because you didn't have, you didn't have internet. You didn't have all the TV stations. You didn't have cell phones. You didn't have any of that. So you got your news on a paper, and so my route was three and a half miles. I had 26 daily papers to deliver and I had the afternoon. I had the afternoon paper because if you're if you're 14 and in school, you can't really deliver papers in the morning because I have to skip school. And, and so uh, I did the daily route, which was easy. Right. So you jump on your bike or you snowmobile and run around and drop off 26 papers in three and a half miles and it wasn't a big deal but Sundays was a completely different deal because in back in those days you could subscribe to the paper and only get the Sunday paper and not the regular weekday paper and the Sunday papers were like four times thicker and heavier and bigger than the regular paper and and I had like 10 more Sunday papers than regular papers to deliver. And it was like 
a whole bunch more than I could carry. And I tried a couple times to do it, but you, what you'd have to do is like deliver, you know, a few and go back and get some more and go deliver a few and go back and get some more. And it just was, it just didn't work. So I made a deal with my dad. <laughs> That's where we would, I said, dad, I, I can't deliver the papers. So on Sunday mornings, really early, he would fire up the station wagon and we'd go into town and we'd get all the papers and he'd help me run my paper out, but I, but I had to pay him. Um, so I'm, I'm like 13 or 14 years old and I had my first job. I also had my first employee. It was my dad. It was funny as hell. And, but, and we did it for a while, right? We did it for a couple of years. And after, after, you know, a couple of years, it was kind of a pain in the ass, but we did it. And I think it was awesome. So that's my first job. Uh, my So I'm going to take a little break here and we're going to go to uh, a, a commercial break and I'll be back in just a second. Okay. So, so we're back. So the, the whole theme of the episode is first, and I'm going to talk about my second job, which is contradictory to first, but there's some firsts in the second job. So my second job, I had, uh, some friends that worked at a local cafe in, in Chisago. It was called Richter's Red Carpet Cafe. And hang on just a sec. Doc, what are you doing? Mm. Oh, that's awesome. So Richter's Red Carpet Cafe needed somebody to join the team. And so they asked me uh, if I'd, I'd join the team. And the job was, uh, I wasn't glamorous, right? So I had a friend that was a cook and some girlfriends that were waitresses. And they needed somebody to basically clean the cafe after hours. Uh, and so they, they served breakfast and lunch. They didn't serve dinner. And at like, uh, I don't know, three or four in the afternoon, they'd close. And then I'd, I'd go down there and my job was to clean the cafe. So the, so the, the staff, they did their job, right? So they bust tables and they put, you know, dishes in dishwasher and washed them and all that stuff. And my job was to like sweep and mop the floors and wipe down the counters and clean the bathrooms and mop the kitchen floor and all that kind of stuff. And it was just, I was just a janitor really. And, uh, and so, so why would this be a first? Cause it's my second job. Well, <laughs> I was, I was like 14 <laughs> and, and everybody that worked there was the same age as me and we're all in the same class. And so these two waitress girls that worked there, they were pretty hot. And I'll, you know, you, you, like you're, I'm 14, they're 14. I'm way behind them developmentally, right? So if you're a 14 year old girl, your body's way ahead of mine. I'm a pencil dick moron compared to them. But so my job was to clean the bathrooms. Well, the in the girls' bathroom, there was a trash can, and somebody had put it under the sink, and because I guess there was a drip coming out of one of the one of the faucets or something, 
And I went down there like third or fourth day I worked there. And I looked in this trash can and the water's all red. And I was like, that's not right. And I didn't know what was going on. And so I had asked my friend Bruce the next day at school. Who, he was one of the one of the cooks at the restaurant. And I asked him, I'm like, so what's up with that? And he's like, oh, that just means one of those girls is on the rag and that's her doodad in the trash can. And I was like, what's a doodad? So he told me and I'm like, okay. So to, to this day, if you ever, uh, anytime I see a commercial <laughs> for a tampon and, and trust me, y- y'all have no idea how I've worked in wastewater treatment plants for like the last 15 years. Every time I see a tampon, <laughs> it's a doodad. And it came from that experience of where did this come from? And I, I learned something that day that I never knew before, but <laughs> so so doodad was was a first for me, which is why it's on the first list. Um, kind of tied to this whole work experience at Richter's Red Carpet Cafe was the fact that at about that time in my life, my mom started smoking cigarettes. I don't know why I to this day couldn't tell you why. And she, and they were really crappy cigarettes back in the seventies that she smoked. She didn't smoke Marlboro's or anything. She smoked these things called Arctic light 100s. And they were like these menthol light cigarettes. So when I had to go to the cafe and, and go to work, it was a mile walk or ride my bike. I usually walk though. Um, so I'd steal a, two cigarettes out of my mom's pack and I'd smoke one on the way uptown and one on the way down back to the house. And, and they were awful, just horrible menthol cigarettes. And I don't know why I did it. I just know that at the, at the end of the day, it was kind of the first step in my addiction to nicotine, which lasted way way longer than it ever should have so uh, long story short i i smoked cigarettes for about i don't know this that one summer i i never was a smoker but i started chewing tobacco when i was about 15 or 16 years old and i chewed until hell mm, 2018 so most of my adult life. Now I quit. It's been, you know, I don't know, a year and a couple months or three months or something like that. And I'm glad I quit. My doctor's glad I quit and all that. But holy crap. So to all you nicotine abusers out there, you can beat it. You just got to just put it in your head. You can beat it. Um, so we're going to shift gears a little bit. And that's a great transition into the fact that... Um, when I was about 13 years old, my, so we lived on an acre and it was, it was a hilly acre, right? So there was a, a top and a bottom and a hill in between and, and a lot of really nice grass. And, and, uh, so my dad bought a, a, a 12 horsepower Sears lawn and garden tractor that had a 36 inch mower deck and it had a front end snowblower which totally, totally, totally saved me from a whole bunch of work that otherwise I would have had to do by hand. 
And I love that thing. And it was great. But it wasn't just for cutting grass and blowing snow. Um, if you took the mower deck off, and, and it, the tractor itself, you could put a trailer on the back. And my dad had built a nice little wooden trailer. You could take and haul stuff from up at the garage down to the lake. So, so kind of the rule was, like, if you're, you couldn't leave anything down at the lake. So if you, I had a boat, and I had a boat motor and a gas can, and I could never leave the boat motor and the gas can down at the lake because somebody was going to steal it because just people were idiots. They stole everything. And so we um, would have to haul it up and down from the lake back to the garage. And so if you didn't have the mower deck on the tractor, um, you could... It, so this is a cool tractor for a kid that's 14 or 13 or whatever. It had a clutch. So you'd push a clutch in, had a shifter. So it was like driving a regular car with a shifter. And if you pop the clutch and hit, had the gas just right, and you, you could pop wheelies with this thing. <laughs> it was kind of like, it was kind of like a little sports car for me driving around. It was awesome. And uh, so I would, have the trailer on the back and you'd be pulling your stuff after day of fishing you'd put the motor in the trailer and haul it back up the hill up to the garage and uh so the neighbors so i've told you all about the cooks so they had this big wraparound deck and they could see all everything kind of our whole place and they did a lot of entertaining out there and so one day i'm after fishing i'm i'm I've got the boat, the boat motor and the trailer and the gas cannon in the trailer. And I got the tractor going. I'm going to come up the hill. And, you know, I'm kind of a show off shocker. And <laughs> I'm going to pop the clutch and pop a little wheelie going up the hill. Well, when I pop the clutch and pop the wheelie, the whole damn tractor flips over backwards and about kills me, crushing me <laughs> into the trailer. And somehow it didn't. And, but everything's still going going and the wheels are spinning and i've just flipped this tractor over and destroyed the <laughs> the trailer destroyed the tractor i thought and uh and the cooks are just hooting and hollering up on the deck just laughing their asses off at what a clown i am so you don't wake up every single morning thinking i'm gonna be the biggest screw up in the world today but it happens right and when it happens you go okay well i i screwed up but Somehow for me, it just seemed to be like, I'm going to wake up today and be the biggest screw up in the world. And it's going to happen almost every day. Um, so that was a huge, huge screw up. And, and the first for me was like, I had a, oh, it's the first time I ever flipped a, tra <laughs> flipped a tractor over on myself. Um, and, and at the end of the day, it was fine. It worked. And then I didn't break it. It was all bent up and everything. It didn't look great. And it had some sheet metal damage and but it still ran so we're okay but um the first for me is it, i i woke up like the next day going am i gonna be am i gonna be that idiot again today and apparently probably because <laughs> it just keeps happening i'm i was i was i was 13 or 14 years old at the time i'm 56 years old now and <laughs> And that stupid shit still keeps happening to me. So I guess it is what it is. So I'm going to leave you with this part. 
um, we don't have a lot of time left and I've just got one more story. And that is that, um, my, my, my dad had, my parents had a station wagon. And when my dad wanted to take stuff down to the lake, down the hill, he didn't use the tractor and the trailer. He used the station wagon and he would put whatever he needed to do. He, an old station wagon, put a tailgate down. He could put a, whatever on the back of it or put it in the back. And he would load it up and he'd drive it down the road, not down the grass hill. He'd take it out the driveway and drive it down the road. And, and he would unload whatever he did. And then he'd do his thing. And then when it was time to come back, he'd throw it back in the station wagon and drive it up the hill. For me, I had to like get the tractor, find the trailer, <laughs> load the trailer up on the, on the tractor, load the trailer with whatever I'm going to put in it, then go down the hill, then come up the hill and then unload the trailer and then take the trailer off the tractor and put the tractor away. And so I have like nine, nine or 10 more <laughs> steps in my day than he had in his. So one day they were gone and I was like, I'm going to go fishing, <laughs> which I did all the time. Right. And, and so there's some huck fin in, in there, but, um, I decided one day that instead of using the tractor and I'm 14, maybe 13, I was probably 13. I'm, I guess I was 13 or 14. I'm just going to throw my boat motor in the back of the station wagon and I'm going to drive that car down to the lake so don't get me wrong i drove the tractor i was better at driving the tractor than anybody in the family and it was a clutch with a stick it was a stick right and then the station wagon was an automatic so i had to do is just put it in gear and go and i'd driven that snowmobile that i had for two and a half years and so i could drive stuff right like i wasn't an idiot i could drive things and, uh, and so at the end of the day, I decided I'm just going to take this station wagon and drive it down, <laughs> drive it down the lake. <laughs> and, and I got caught, I got caught and I didn't, I was 14. I didn't have a driver's license or anything like that. And, and so, um, the local popo <laughs> came and told my parents what I'd done <laughs> and, and I got, geez, did I get roasted for that? I look, all I did was I could drive. I wasn't tall enough to drive the car like down a freeway or anything like that. But from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill was, I don't know, not very far. And at the end of the day, my parents got so, so bent out of shape over that. And I just, and I was like, you know what? I'm sorry, but I ain't sorry. And, um, uh, and in the end, it, it was another first, right? So it's the first time I drove a car. How can you not have a happy day when it's the first time you drove a car? So at, as we close this out, this was a story about first. It's the first duck I ever shot. It's the first dead man I ever found. It's the first job I ever had. First doodad I ever found. First time I ever smoked a cigarette. First time I ever flipped a tractor. And first time I ever got caught driving without a license and that all happened before i was 14 so if any of you can all match that give me a shout otherwise have a great night and it's been it's been epic treating you all to another story from the bent tree ranch
See you next time.